hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Titled the message, The Son, the Spirit, and the Scriptures. There's a part of this that's not a part of this. <laughs> the reason why I did that <clears throat> is because in all the weddings I've done over the years, I usually use Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. And it, it kind of surmised that. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9, it says two is better than one. And if one falls down, the other's there to pick him up. But if one falls, there's no one there to pick him up. And verse 12 says the three-fold cord is not easy to break. And I always say in the wedding service to the couple, if you have the Lord Jesus as that third cord in your marriage, it is a cord that cannot be broken. And so, why did I think of the three cord? Because I'm talking about the Son, the Spirit, and the Scriptures. So there's a threefold there that we're doing tonight. The text I'm taking is found in 2 Timothy 3.16. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This idea, let's read verse 17 too. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, when the Lord, we allow the Lord to have his place and put things in line how it should be, it comes out right, doesn't it? And so this whole idea of this inspiration is talking about the absolute authority of the Bible over our lives is based in our conviction that this book does not merely contain the Word of God, it is the Word of God. And there, that's a very important thing to see and to understand and to know. So the text testifies to this, describing the actual process. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The inbreathing of life. The Greek word theopnostos, translated inspiration of God, it literally means God breathed. And it makes you think, or makes me think about creation in Genesis. Remember when God took the dirt and had water and he sculpted the man from the dirt? Completely sculpted Adam in that dirt. And then he breathed on him, and he became a living soul. God breath. There's life in the breath of God. And so, this inbreathing of life is inspiration. God breathed. Well, he also does that with Scripture, too. The Bible is not the product of elevated human consciousness or enlightened human intellect, but it is directly breathed from God himself, from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. This all becomes interchangeable because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. So, 
as he breathed into this. 2 Peter 1.20 says this, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. You see, we don't come up with the understanding. It's the Lord that speaks to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever read the Scripture and you're reading something and it speaks back to you? Yeah. Because it's God-breathed. It's got life. And he wants us to understand that. We live in a time period where we, so, we have so many lone rangers and that God never intended for it to be like this. We live in a time period where you'll hear a lot of people say, well, i got a relationship with Jesus, but when it comes to knowing the Bible, not so much. Well, I think you have to know the Scripture to know the God of the Scripture. And he wants to speak to us. We become very limited in our understanding. Well, let me say this. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing, hearing something in particular, the Word of God. Huh? The more Word of God that we have within us, the more Word of God that we know is an avenue for the Holy Spirit to use it to speak back to us. If we are ignorant of it, then it's not an avenue. And so it's important. It's not something, well, well, I came up with this, and this, this is my interpretation. It doesn't work like that. God gave the Word of God for the body of believers, for all of us. And we come together, we worship together, we study together, and we all learn together as we grow up into Him. There's no private interpretation of this thing. Now, you can get insight that you hadn't seen before. I've done that over the years many times. Read Scripture, see it a certain way, see it a certain way, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will give you some insight to it, and I see it in a whole different way than I ever did before. And it's like, whoa. Actually, it's what I'm going to do tonight a little bit like that. You say, Pastor Ron, you're going to... you might think I went off the deep end, but <laughs> hopefully not. So, <clears throat> for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. You see... And that's what the world tries to say. Oh, this book, oh, that was just written by men. Well, it was written by men, but they were moved on by God himself. God breathed on them and gave them insight and to be able to direct them of what to say and how to write it. Yes, their personalities are still in the writing, but yet it was God breathed as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. You see, the scripture is God breathed. And we have the Holy Spirit that breathes understanding on us. And that's particularly good to know. huh? Lord, help me see this. Help me to see it the way you see it. Because we don't always do that. Our ways are not His ways. huh? And we may think our ways is okay, but no, His ways are better. Hmm? Far better than that. Oh, by the Holy Spirit, Lord, you give us the understanding. Each and every one as an individual and as a body. And to be able to minister. And to be able to do. And to yield. See, when you do that, it's amazing how the Lord works and what He does. 
You know, a couple Sundays ago, we had a very... I wasn't at the Saturday night service that night, so I don't know how that went. But I was at the two on the Sunday morning, and 9 o'clock was very moving. Pastor Gray gave an altar response, gave a call, and he asked anyone that needs to know Jesus Christ for the first time if they come over here. And for those that may already know the Lord, but you want to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, come up here and sit on this front row. And in the 9 o'clock service, there was nine people I had over here. I was over here to, to pray and to be with them and to minister to them. And it was powerful. It was moving to watch what God was doing in that service. And we got the 1030 service. And he just took it. He, not, he ratcheted it. We didn't do nothing. He ratcheted it up even more so. It was powerful. I think, Bob, you were in that service. I had 15 people standing over here. And one of them came by accident. Brody was supposed to be over here because he didn't know the Lord, but he came over here and got in this bunch, but that was okay. We led him to Jesus Christ. He came to know Jesus Christ, and we're going to be baptizing that boy one of these days. Yeah. And how the Lord changed his life. And there was two more. I want you to pray for Tony, and I want you to pray for Anna. Anna is the girlfriend to Johnny. Do you, you know who that, who I'm talking about? Yeah. You know? And Johnny is a dynamic individual. On fire for the Lord. And last Sunday after church was over and after, I saw Johnny in the back and he said, Pastor Ron, I want you to be in prayer. I said, what? what? I got three more people I've been sharing Christ with and I think they're real close to coming to Jesus. I'm anxious to see what tomorrow brings. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, well, that would be, be wonderful. But that's how it's supposed to be. God moving in our midst. God doing, not us, but God. The Holy Spirit breathes understanding on us, and he's the one working all these things. But Anna's the girlfriend to Johnny, and she doesn't know the Lord yet. She's coming. Huh? Don't give up on her. Pray for her. God's... And Pastor Greg was so funny because he told Johnny, boy, he that Johnny because he's quite the speaker. And he says, one day, you're speaking in my church. He came up. I messed up. I was supposed to want to baptize. I was supposed to let him read a scripture over here. I don't think I messed up so much. I think the Lord just had to come out that way. And so I had called Johnny up, and so he was up here with me. And I could have turned him loose and let him preach. <laughs> and later I realized that Anna's his girlfriend, and she doesn't know the Lord, but you just pray for them. Pray for all these people because God's doing a work in our midst. And we've been praying for this. We have been praying for this. And we're starting to see what God is doing in the midst of all this. I find that amazing. The following Tuesday, I teach a class at Vista Winds in Vistancia in the assisted living facility there. So I'm telling them what happened in church on Sunday, and one lady, her name's Nita, they're, they're sweet people, and Nita said, and you're still flying high. <laughs> yeah. And I said, wow, that's amazing. But God is moving in the midst. So we, in that group that rededicated their lives, Brody came to the Lord, Anna said, not yet, and Tony was in that group too, and he said the same thing, not yet. But the Lord's still dealing, and the Lord is working. We need to pray for these people. Pray that God would move in their lives and change them.
John 16, 12 through 15, and I broke it out. It said, verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And that's how the Lord works, isn't it? You know, I think back, and I've told this, and I'm going to tell the story, but I was 17 years old when I came to faith in Jesus Christ. I didn't know very, I didn't know that much about Scripture, very little. But I knew one thing, that I turned my life to Jesus, and He changed me. And it became a process. It became a process of growing and moving. I didn't know what to do. And the Lord, as I was starting to get in the Bible and starting to read things, I remember reading in the, in the Old Testament, we talk about David, and it said, David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. And I said, I can do that. I was the best, I was the best doorkeeper of that little church I'd ever seen. There was not a person that got in and out there that I didn't say hello to. And you know, that's important. It's really important. I'm thankful that our church is, is like that. I had a story that I wasn't planning on telling, but I'm going to tell it anyway. This came to mind. And where my daughter goes to church, and it's a good church. It's doctrinally sound. It's very good. And Linda's sister, her other sister, not the one that's been coming here with us from time to time, but your other sister, Tammy, she goes to CCV, and she's real happy there. And every once in a while, they'll have things that, because my grandson is the youth pastor at Trinity Bible Church at 35th Avenue in Peoria. So every once in a while, I'll have something go up that will go up, will show up over there to be able to be there. And so they, they just had trunk or treat. Is that what you, how you call that? Yeah, they had a thing at their church on Wednesday night called trunk or treat. And Tammy got introduced to this person. She said, you go here? She says, no, I'm here. But he said, that's, you know, the youth pastor is my nephew, and so I'm just visiting here, coming over here to be here with it. And of course, his kids are all there, part of the trunk or treat. They're all little ones. Those are my great-grandchildren. Yeah. And so one lady came up to Tammy and started talking, and she says, well, we're really giving this church a try, and we like the message, we like all this stuff, but we've been coming here for a month now, and I saw you sitting here, and I thought, I'm going to be the bold one and come talk to you because no one's ever come up to us and said anything yet. And I thought, how tragic that is. Oh, that God would speak to somebody in that church to be able to start ministering to church. And they're giving that 90 days. I said, well, if they're going to move, tell them to come on over here. We'll talk to them. <laughs> yeah, we can do this. But it's important, these things. The Lord would use us. And it shouldn't be, well, I'm not, the, I'm not the one on today. We should be on every time we come into this house. Those of you that know Jesus Christ, he wants to use you to touch somebody in this place. That's how it is. Verse 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. That's powerful, isn't it? That's what the Lord does. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. This is Jesus speaking. 15, all things that the Father has are mine. 
Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. And he does that in time as we grow and mature. I'm not any more saved today than I was when I was 17 years old, but I've come a long way in my understanding. Why? The Lord has done this over the years. I wasn't ready for a lot of things then, but they come later. And he's done that in all of our lives. And Jesus is saying that all things the Father has given to me and the Holy Spirit's taking from what is his and he's going to use them to teach it and to declare it to you. That still applies, you know that. It's very much so. Verse John 1, 1 and 2. It talks about, you can see how the correlation is between all this. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. Who? The Word. We're going to see the Word is Jesus. Three and four of that same chapter. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Whose life? Jesus' life. He came to give us light. Transferred us from darkness to light. Changed us. And all this transpired, he's been there since the creation of it all. Involved in it. It makes very clear that was nothing that God did not create that he was not involved in. Very much so. See, John was writing with the intention of linking Jesus, the Word, with the God of creation. The event of Jesus' incarnation, therefore, has cosmic significance. You see, sin changed everything. Not only changed the people, it changed the world, it changed the cosmos. Everything was out of order. But it's a process that's going on that's putting it all back into order and putting it back on how it should be. And in those verses in John chapter 1, I want to talk about John... Verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That idea of dwelt among us, you can translate that tabernacled, and that's just as good as translation as dwelt. He tabernacled among us. In other words, what did he do? He got in the midst of the people. When, the, when the, Moses was wandering around for 40 years, and they were moving around during this time period, everywhere they go, they set up, the they set up the tent. They set it, up, set it all up, that tabernacle, and that was in the middle of everything, right in the middle of life. It was always there. And God says that he sent his son to dwell among us, to be tabernacled right in the middle of our lives. That's a hallelujah moment, church. Huh? Which has great significance. The Word is Jesus Christ, the eternal, ultimate expression of God in the Old Testament. Spoke the world into existence. In the Gospel, God spoke His final Word through the living Word, His Son. That's what's going on. 
Hebrews 1, 1 and 2a. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. And only a partial, the first line of 2, 2a, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. That word his, in your Bible, in my Bible, and if you look that up, that is italics. In other words, it was, it was not in the original text. It was not in the original script. So they added the word to make the sentence complete. Now here's where I'm going to go on a little tangent. As I was studying this, the only word, I, the, English, the language I know is English. Barely know that. Huh? Some of you got multiple languages, no Spanish or other languages. But I'm going to read this verse and give you what the insight how the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I'm going to leave out, leave out that word, his. Has in these last days spoken to us by son. His language is son. His spoken word is son. S-O-N, not S-U-N. Of course, it says his son, and that's right. But it says he spoke to us by son. That's really how, it, how the, if you had the, the, the scroll and be able to read it in Greek, that's how, it, that's how it is. His was added. But that's a powerful thing. That God spoke to the prophets and, and did things in the past in certain ways, but in this last time he has spoken to all of us by son. That's powerful, isn't it? It's about Jesus and how he spoke to us. And every one of us have stories of those that know Jesus Christ, how there was a time in your life that someone shared Christ with you and God used it that you would hear his voice and it transformed you from darkness into light. Colossians 1, 17 through 20. Verse 17, it says, And he is before Christ. He is before all things. And in him all things consist. From here on out, I'm just going to read a bunch of scriptures. But there's a, it's a powerful message of what I'm going to read. Verse 18, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning you could also translate that, which I think is a better translation, just saying who is the beginning. He is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell the fullness of all things the fullness of God that fullness here Paul uses the word fullness to describe this sum total of divine attributes resident in Christ 
and to show his unique and the uncontested mediator between God and man. He was truly God, and yet he was truly man. He was the God-man. Verse 20, And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. See, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There is no forgiveness. And in the Old Testament, that's what they used to do. They take a, once a, year, they take a lamb and they'd sacrifice that, cut his throat and drain the blood and went through this whole process. But it could not take the sin away, could not change things. It just bought them a year. If they could die in that year, they'd be okay. Why? Because of the blood sacrifice that was done with that lamb. But the next year, they had to do it again. The year following, do it again and do it again until the lamb of God came and he paid that sin debt once and for all. For all people and for all time. If you're here tonight and you don't know him, oh, may you come to know him. Because you know what? He's no respecter of person. He'll do for you what he did for me and the many others in this room that know him. Reconciled. We made peace with God. Not because we are the perfect ones. Not that we're all that. No. We made peace with God through the blood of his cross. You see, when Jesus went to that cross and he hung on that cross and they knelt on that cross and they put that crown of thorns on him. You realize that that crown of thorns represented the crown. He was, he was, he was crowned king on that cross. When we see Jesus, so he's, coming, he's in the glorified body, and one day he's coming back and we're going to go and we're going to be just like him. But for all eternity, you're going to be able to look and see the scars in his hands. You're going to be able to see the scars where that crown was and in his feet. Why? Because it's a reminder to you and I forever and ever that he paid our sin debt in full. And he's the only reason we get to go to heaven. It's all about him and not about us. Acts 4.12 says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Huh? No other name. It's Jesus. Huh? Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God also has highly exalted him, Christ, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And in all creation, it's about Jesus, what he's done for us. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And you know what? You either do it here, in this life, at some point in your life, you've done it here. And if you don't, you say, oh, no, I, I'll put it off. Don't put it off too late. Because we have no guarantee. Pastor Rod said last week, we have no guarantee of tomorrow. 
Huh? That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation and now is the accepted time because there is no guarantee of tomorrow. If you don't bow your knee on this side of things, you're going to bow your knee on the other side of things. But what a terrible thing to do is to find out who he is and what he did for you. And you're going to bow a knee and you're going to confess Jesus is the Lord. And then you're going to be banished for all eternity. That's not a place that I want to go to. I'm thankful for what he's done for us. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Huh? We need to learn to speak son to the glory of God, the Father. Aren't you glad he loved us enough to do that? And even though he knew that man was going to sin, he knew. This plan was laid down. This this is hard to put your arms around. He laid this plan down before he even created the world. That's powerful. And in closing, Jesus is the final word from God. Huh? It's Jesus. God so loved us and gave us direction. He's the final word. The word from God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.